Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, man. Well, let's just get into it here. It's getting up the topics. So it, it's it's been it's been a like a month for me. Do you even know what show this is? Eighty six. I don't know. No, not what app. What like show you're on? Oh, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is inside the cylinder. <laughs> it is inside <laughs> the cylinder. Nice. Um, episode, I believe ninety one or ninety two. Man, we're getting up there. We're close to a hundred. Doesn't um, matter. Doesn't matter, but... but oh, uh, 100, the 100th episode does matter, actually. Yes, it definitely does. We'll um, get a nice bottle or something for that. Yeah, we'll do like a 100th episode um, mailbag-a-palooza type of thing. Yeah, that might be right around the time that the Pistons clinch the playoffs. That could be huge. Whoa, spoiler to maybe one of our topics here. Um, but yeah, Inside the Cylinder, your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast. Um, David Fernandez here, joined as always by Joey Mack. You know, you did have a little siesta during the holidays, but that's all good. But you're locked in 2020 mode, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been I've been on this podcast, I think, in 2020. Well, actually, no, I haven't. We've I only had haven't. two. I believe. Or yeah, one. I haven't. Sorry about that. Um, no, I am. I'm definitely locked in 2020. Big year, new Pistons, new me, and. Also, go vote for Derrick Rose for the All-Star game. Dude, it's you closed. thought about it. It's closed. You heard other... What's that? It's closed. Is it? Can't vote anymore. Well, then, you should have voted for D-Rose for the All-Star game. Because we all thought about it, and we all talked about it, and we told our friends. But some of us actually didn't vote for him, and that's really sad. And I'm in Chicago, and it'd be a beautiful homecoming to get him back here. And he's been balling, and we'll talk about that later. But that was a PSA that didn't really work out because it's post the deadline. <laughs> but regardless, it's a that's an early episode D Rose shout out. But also like a shame on you too. I voted for him. I did my part. Um, yeah, and Luke and Andre, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, as I said, uh, Pistons. Um, you know, you can find us on uh, DetroitBadBoys.com. You can find us on lineups.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at inside the C Y L N D R. And um, yeah, man. I mean, right now, just to set the stage, the Pistons are sitting at sixteen and twenty-eight. They uh, went two and one in their last three games. They had a big win over the Celtics during that span. Probably their best game of the season that that I've seen. Joe, what are your thoughts on that? We don't need to go too far into it, but yeah, it was a great win. Yeah, they were balling. Um, and then uh, they did have. They're coming off a disappointing loss to the Wizards, who they simply can't beat in Washington. And the Wizards have, frankly, you know, for the most part, owned Detroit. Over the past damn near decade, um, there's still that, seven straight losses to Washington in Washington, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Seven straight losses. 
That's bad. Maybe more, man, because they haven't won since 2014 is what I saw. Something like that. I think it might be eight losses, straight losses now. I believe it was seven losses going into that game. Well, the Wizards stink, and the Pistons can't beat them. So that's you know definitely uh, not a great thing, but it is what it is. If your team tank, then that's exactly what you want. Um, but upcoming for the Pistons, they got the Kings, which you'll probably listen to sometime the day that you're hearing this podcast. Um, Grizzlies and Cavs all at home. Then they go to the Nets. Uh, I bring up the Nets because the Nets are currently in the eighth seed. Um, they've lost eight of their last ten games, and Detroit is just three games back of the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. We'll touch on that a little bit later as well. But that's all I got right now for Joe in Pistons news. Joe, you got anything for the people? Uh, Reggie Jackson should be back soon. That is TBD. I think he's questionable game in and game out at this point. I don't know what that means, but hopefully soon. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they're even like doing that sort of game of like he's a game time decision or he's a it's like the man's been out for the whole season pretty much. Just bring him back when he's ready. Like don't let us know he's a game time. Don't I mean I guess you have to for um for the report, the pregame report, but it just seems like this like weird unnecessary tease where they have mentioned that he was going to possibly return soon. But, um, you know, it's an 82-game season. you got to fill up some content in there, I guess. Yeah, true. And they desperately need him because Tim Frazier is not very good. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think, for news. Yeah, good, good call on that um, uh, Reggie Jackson stuff. Um, but let's get into really? this. Should we touch on... Uh, him it, like his his like role coming back from uh you know injury like do you want him to start or do you do you think we're all uh in consensus that he's going to probably be coming off the bench uh you know I on like a minutes restriction we'll keep D-Rose in the starting lineup is that even really a conversation at this point I mean it, I think it can be kind of depending on you know where you want to see Derek Rose's minutes, you know, sort of prioritize if you still want him on that minutes restriction or if you prefer him to be coming off the bench. You know, I mean, just to, not to do like an I told you so, but I mean, we did have episodes back earlier this season where your boy did say, you know, I would seriously consider Derek Rose as a starter when Reggie Jackson returns. Um, and I'm definitely on that boat. I mean, Derek Rose has looked great all season long. He's looked great as a starter these last few games, um, so I don't think that you're you want to mess that up. And I kind of just like you know Derrick Rose has looked good. Reggie Jackson's coming off an injury, so why why mess with that? In my opinion, I completely agree. I think he comes off the bench, and uh, you know he's reportedly around a hundred percent. I don't know what hundred percent means, but he's running in practices and on his own like he would if he were fully healthy so um you know let's assume that he's pretty close to that point in jackson time, that is yeah reggie jackson um conditioning's always been uh, a concern with him and that's going to take some time so if if you run him a fast 15 minutes a game then he can um you know just he, he can utilize all of his 
energy in a condensed period of time, which is using him more effectively. And then gradually you can increase his minutes. And uh, why mess up a good thing? D-Rose is playing well. Yeah, one thing I wanted to note about Jackson is that um, Dwayne Casey had said that he's looked great in practice. He's, you know, talking a lot of smack. And he's been dunking on guys. Um, But we heard similar stuff in the summertime. And, you know, it only took about three games before everyone's watching Reggie Jackson thinking, uh, something's wrong here. (laughs) Like, I I mean, he must have aggravated something, you know, in an acute fashion, um, unless it was just like the tendonitis or something like that that was going on where it was just, you know, chronic and that's just something that's going to flare up every now and then. It's kind of hard to tell with Reggie at this point. Um, But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not necessarily confident that, oh, if Reggie Jackson returns this time around, that he's going to be sticking around um, for the remainder of the season. You know, we've seen, you know, acute injuries. We've seen chronic injuries. We've seen him look good for a little bit. I mean, he looked great last year. He played 82 games. But it's just not something where I'm confident at this point, you know, having watched Reggie Jackson throughout his career in Detroit. Yeah, you have to wait and see with him. And also, like, how you look in practice or during workouts, like the explosiveness is much different than an actual NBA game requires. And if you remember correctly, like I believe the last play that he had before he was like taken out and, and put on um, uh, the injury list was his dunk, like his monster dunk through the lane against, I don't, I don't know um, who it was. But um, that's what know, I remember. If, if, I, I yeah. remember there being a dunk and it being like, oh, okay, now he's legitimately limping. Yeah, exactly. So can can he produce those semi sort of explosive plays that um, you know live NBA games required without like tweaking a back injury because those are fickle. But um, no really use in analyzing that because I guess we'll have to just wait and see but we're all excited to have him back because it's some necessary scoring and we've been struggling a bit to figure out point guard with um, you know Bruce Brown Tim Frazier and what have you so um, looking forward to that and hopefully the next time we record we can talk about the return of Reggie just quick question Joe Um, now I guess for the one thing where he might uh, you know, we're not necessarily concerned about Tim Frazier, obviously. Um, are you concerned at all about him? You know, Jordan Bone, we've only seen him for four games so far. Still was a second-round pick. Still part of that sort of, you know, developmental young core that you're hoping is going to keep getting better with time. Do you feel any inclination, you know, from a 22-year-old in Jordan Bone that you want to see him a little bit more this year in Detroit and that Reggie might... You know, interfere with that if you were going down like the tank route, or you're just like, you know, Jordan Bone will get his time when it's his time, type of thing. I, I feel like Jordan Bone will get his time when it's his time if he has a time um, as like a second round pick in an athletic guy, but still extremely raw. I think he's the type of player that does require some extra time in the developmental league to like work out and, and work and fine tune his game. So I by no means think that he, you know, should be getting a significant amount of minutes. And it's, I don't know, Tim Frazier's not very good, but he is a veteran guy, probably a good locker room guy. And so I understand what Dwayne Casey's doing from that aspect. And I don't think, 
you know, him and the coaching staff are invested in any sort of tank right now. I think they're sort of trying to ride this wave and see if they can close that gap between, you know, them and the Nats and, and try to make a playoff push. Yeah. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, so moving on to our next topic, we did just want to, you know, I guess some of the news that had came out earlier this year, uh, or sorry, um, last week was about Andre Drummond, um, which is actually earlier this year as well. Um, <laughs> Andre Drummond <laughs> trade rumors have died down quite a bit. Um, we're not sure which team, if it was the Pistons or the Hawks, but somebody nixed a deal um, with the Hawks that was centered around um, either Chandler Parsons and Allen, or Allen Crabb in a first-round pick from Atlanta for um, Andre Drummond. Now, that trade was shot down. I think some people are more so assuming that it was Atlanta that shut it down. Um, and this all came from Chris Haynes, by the way. Um, and then also it was reported that teams are not interested in dishing out a first-round pick for Andre Drummond. So, you know, as we're only two weeks left until the trade deadline, um, at first it was looking very likely. I mean, we were talking like it was 99% sure that Andre Drummond was going to be traded. Now it's more so feeling like that pendulum has swung completely to the other side and that Detroit's going to definitely have Andre Drummond post-trade deadline. He'll be a piston for at least the remainder of the year. Joe, what are your thoughts, I guess, on where we're at with the John Dre Drummond situation right now? Uh, well, it's a complex situation because of the potential contract that he's actually going to get. We don't really know how much he's worth on the open market. I did hear a rumor that... Atlanta um, was serious about trading for him, but wanted to sign him for a contract worth around $20 million a year annually. And that's something that Andre Drummond wasn't open to. He does want to test the market and get wined and dined and go through that entire process because this is probably last time that that will happen um, for him. And uh, because of the fact that they couldn't sign him at that $20 million a year contract, Contract, it just wasn't in their best interest to trade a first round pick to him uh, for him, which completely um, makes sense. So I think, um, I, I if I were any team, I I wouldn't trade for him because you can pick him up in the uh, off season, and because I I do think that the market's going to dictate. Well, the market is going to dictate uh, what he's worth, and I think it's going to drive his worth down lower than what it might appear to be. Uh, right now so you don't have to give anything up and you can get them at a cheaper price than you would expect to get them at this point in time yeah i mean there's i mean i guess the biggest situation here for opposing teams um or just other teams is that they don't know what andre's going to do in the offseason like is he going to opt in to his final year of his deal which is roughly 28 million dollars like do they want that would they rather have that type of situation like you mentioned joe where there's like an unspoken agreement that he's going to decline that deal um, or decline that final year, but also sign a more long-term type of um, contract at a lower per year, um, you know, price tag. Um, so I mean, I, it makes sense. You know, you're a young team like Atlanta. You are not good. You're going to miss the playoffs. You're bound for the lottery. Why would you trade away? You know. 
either your first round pick, which is not likely, or that Brooklyn first round pick that they had um, for you know a possible three month rental of Andre Drummond. Like that's that doesn't seem like something that Atlanta, who's really been going the been doing this the right way when it comes to the rebuild, like taking on some bad money but picking up assets. Like they've really gone about this methodically. That, that they're not going to force this situation with Andre Drummond when, as you mentioned, Joe, they'll have a shot at him in the offseason if he does decline that um, final year of his deal. Joe, what would your thoughts be if Andre opts in and then he's a piston for next year? Are you, you know, not ex- – what are your thoughts about that? Well, I don't think he will opt in just because of, like, the nature of $28 million guaranteed versus, say – even if he was signed at a discount, $80 million guaranteed, like barring injury, I just don't think that he would do that. If he did, um, I wouldn't mind. It'd be like, we have, okay, we have Andre for one more year, and then we're not going to re-sign him after that, and let's just hope that he balls out next year to get a new contract. I think we have pretty solid leverage with him, and I also believe that the ownership in the front office has come to terms with fact with the fact that we are moving in a different direction from Andre if for whatever reason he wants to take a discount to stick with the Pistons and he has mentioned publicly that he wants to retire a a Piston who knows if that's completely true um but he does seem like a pretty like i don't know humbled sort of low-key guy that would just want to stick around in the same place but if he does want to do that um then he's gonna have to make some personal concessions so uh yeah i think that's not the best case scenario but that would also be a low risk in the short term and also maybe you can possibly trade him next year again so maybe you could get some value out, out of him. But I've personally come to terms with the fact that there's a pretty high likelihood that we are not going to trade him and get any value for him and that we're not going to sign him in the offseason so we're not going to get anything in return. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you know, if they were to, um, you know, if he were to opt in, hypothetically speaking, and you traded him early in the year, that's essentially more value than if you were to trade him right now to opposing team just because they'd at least know that they'd have him for the majority of the year compared to, you know, this three-month rental that we're talking about right now. Um, Yeah, the Andre Drummond situations, it's going to be really, really interesting because the 2020 free agent class is not great. You know, everyone's been talking about this 2021 free agency class, you know, with Giannis and um, I don't even have a bunch of the names in front of me right now, but yeah, I just know that that's really what everyone has been, you know, eyeing is that big 2021 class. Andre Drummond could potentially be the big fish in a little pond, but at the same time, you know, teams have historically not valued traditional centers like Andre Drummond. You know, he's been a pretty good defender. He's improved in that regards. Um, he's made, you know, slight adjustments and improved throughout the years offensively as well. But, um, you know, there's a good chance that he could decline and then still not really be happy with what's going to happen, um, in the free agency market, just kind of depending on how teams value him. So it'll be really interesting. I think it's just something that we're going to have to watch. Cause I agree, Joe, I don't see them moving him for pennies and I don't see them, 
Um, you know, uh, I mean, that's really all that. The, I just don't see them moving him at this point unless someone comes around and offers them a trade that they can't refuse. And I don't see that happening either. Yeah, I think this is just what we're stuck with. And he also hasn't been playing fantastic recently. I mean, you know, 15 and 15, I guess. But that's a bit deceiving with the turnovers. He had nine against Washington. He had five against Boston, three against New Orleans, three against Atlanta. I believe he's seventh in the league in turnovers, which as a big man is really bad. He's averaging 17 and 16, though, essentially this year. Points and rebounds wise, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like in the last like couple of games. Okay, okay, during, yeah. During these trade conversations, he hasn't done us any favors to maintain value or increase value, um, and a lot of that is just decision making with the ball, and that is the harp on him um, sometimes is like his his discipline. So. You know, we'll see. Um, I just think we have to come to the terms of the fact that he's going to be on the team this year, and then we'll see what happens in the offseason. All right, well, let's uh, move on then to um, a new topic and, and another trade conversation. Definitely a more, um, I don't know, a more uh, fiery, hot off the press, um, more attractive trade. Uh, target in Derrick Rose. Um, you know, there's it has been reported recently that the Lakers and Sixers are interested in Derrick Rose, as are other contenders. Um, I mean, I, I guess, Joe, what were your thoughts initially when you just saw that these reports coming out that Derrick Rose is, you know, being discussed in, in trade rumors? Well, it's sad to me because he's playing so well, and I have like a lot of NBA fans and specifically a lot of Chicago fans, just a soft spot for D Rose and his journey coming back from injuries. And he has really found himself in a good situation basketball wise to thrive and be the guy and be a leader. Um, Unfortunately, the injury situation has, you know, massively flipped this season over on its head and so we're not where we want to be. Um, but I think, like, mentally, he is where he wants to be from a basketball perspective. So it is sad to see that uh, both of those things happen at the same time. Um, I, you know, I, the like the fan in me doesn't want to see him traded. But I understand that from, like, a two to three to four years down the road perspective, it, it does... Um, makes sense. I mean, I guess where's where's your head at with these rumors flying around? I mean, there's it's a you know, it's definitely complicated. I I too have followed the Derrick Rose saga and, you know, wanted to, and it was cautiously excited for his, you know, tenure here in Detroit, but he's way outperformed anything that I could have expected. Um he's played awesome. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Um he's made even during these like losing stretches um, and losing streaks, and you know all the injuries that have happened this year with this Pistons team, it's still been a lot of fun to watch this team, and it's mainly because of you know guys like Derrick Rose and you know some of the development of the younger guys. So I mean, from that perspective, um, you know it definitely 
it 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 hurts to to potentially see him moved, especially to like the Sixers, which are one of the teams being named. I'm mean, even and the Lakers too, like uh, you know, like the rich get richer type of situation. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this is kind of the best case of a worst case scenario for Detroit because his trade value is at an all time high. Like it, they got him on a steal of a deal this off season. You don't necessarily know how long he's going to be this healthy for just based on his career so far. Um, but, um, you know, he's 31 years old. He plays pretty athletically still. Um, and this is now could be a good time to, you know, push the button and, and see if you can, uh, I don't know, move them and, and see if you can, uh, you know, build towards the future. And so I think that that's what Detroit should they get a deal that they like, I think that's what they have to do because I'm more so concerned about being a really good team three years down the road, four years down the road. And I think this is one of those types of moves that you you know, have to make if, if you're trying to be that type of team. Yeah, the offer just might be too good to refuse. Like, I think there's a sentimentality like within the coaching staff in the front office towards him. And I've heard rumors that there's a handshake agreement between um, D Rose and the front office that they will not trade him unless he gives them the okay. I think that's part of like the sweetheart deal that we gave him in the off season. And I, I'm pretty sure those are like verified rumors. Yeah. I think they said, um, unless he requested to be traded, like not yeah. even like, would he be okay? Hey, let's present it to you. Although they're clearly having these talks, but yeah, I mean, essentially it sounds like it's like a no trade clause, but it's not a real no trade clause. I think they'll have a very honest conversation with him and be like, what do you want? And we will follow through with that. Arntel was be- his agent and, you know, he's a senior leader on, on at the Pistons right now. So it makes sense that yeah. there would be that type of, you know, shake, shake, wink, wink type of situation. Which is awesome. It's really co- cool to me that they do have that relationship and I think it it does say a decent amount about the franchise when you're willing to be that respectful of a player who has the reputation that D Rose has in the league and I think that it, I hope that that's reflective towards the rest of the league um it would be sad to me because of I, I think that the the leadership that he provides within the locker room and for the young guys and how fun he's he is to play with and like how much it means to him and how that rubs off on the younger players. Obviously he's not as much of a vocal leader, but like he just has heart. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he could at least rub some of that off on the younger guys for this much of this season. I would love to see it for the rest of the season and potentially into next year as well, when we can actually make a playoff push. Um, but if, there's a deal like Kuzma out there, and I'm not the biggest Kuzma guy, but that's about the tip of the iceberg in terms of young, talented players. And he's also a Michigan native that you can get for D. Rose. That's that's kind of tough to say no to. So right now, Kyle Kuzma is, and, and you know, he's, people either love him or, or really don't, don't think that highly of him. Um, for his career, he's averaging 16.6 points per game, um, 5.5 boards, 2 assists. Those numbers are down. He did start off the season injured, so he did miss a few games to start the, the season. But his averaging 13 points, 
four boards, one assist. Um, for the year this year, he's shooting 43% from the field, 34% from three. Um, so, you know, he's been a pretty good player. He, he's kind of like punches and bunches. Like, he'll either ball out for a few games in a row or he'll, he, you know, type of player who who's already scored 40 points as a, you know, third-year player. And, um, but he's also a guy that has stretches where he doesn't perform well, where he looks disengaged, looks like he's, you know, just not necessarily all mentally there and, and locked in like you'd, you'd want a young potential star to be. So, um, but you're right, Joe. I mean, I think from like a package perspective, that's, that's going to be the highest offer that you're going to get. And from the, you know, from a potential, from the Lakers and, um, I mean, I don't know if Detroit would would be able to say no to that. Yeah, I, I I wonder if he's the type of player that can refine his game one like more once he leaves LA. Like we've seen with D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram, and the jury's still out on. Lonzo Ball, but I think like getting away from that scene and the media and just that whole tornado of of activity that might be a good thing for him. You know, he's stop hanging around the Jenners or you know, I don't know, he's like dating Vanessa Hudgens or something, and like he can really just focus on basketball, and, and that might be the best step for his basketball career as opposed to a guy that can just light up the box score, like you said, some nights, and then just disappear and not provide you with much outside of the offensive side of the ball. I mean, in Detroit, we care a lot less about your fit check, like what you're wearing walking into the (laughs) stadium, than they do in L.A. Like, that's not going to be – like, I think that's on his mind a lot in L.A. because that's talked about there. Like, in Detroit, no one gives a fuck what you're wearing. So No one cares. (laughs) No one cares. Um, (laughs) But also – I mean, one thing to uh, about him that I guess is one of my questions is he kind of plays the same position as Saku. Like Saku's gonna be a, a it seems already seems like he's more defensively aware than than Kuz. Eh, I mean, that's kind of hard to say because Saku gets lost there sometimes. But you can just tell that Saku's going to be a better defensive player than Kuzma will ever be. Um, they're both like big, lanky, tall power forwards. I would not want to see Kuzma at the three. I guess you could probably put Saku at the Svi's three. I think at three. Saku? Oh, Saku. Sorry, I thought you said Svi. No, no, no. Yeah, Saku. Yeah. Saku. So, I mean, I guess that's one of the things where it's like they they kind of play the same role. I'm not necessarily sure if, if that's something that you worry about right now with the Pistons being where they're currently situated. But one of the things I thought about, but I, I guess for me that would be one of the trades where I would pretend, I would say yes. Um... And what would you say, Joe, if you were like you know in charge of Pistons leadership, even knowing how much you love Derrick Rose, even if that I mean that might carry you to your decision anyway. So that's a trade that really scares me. Um, and I think you bring up a, a great point with Secu too. I wouldn't want that to hinder his development in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, if 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 D Rose wanted to go to LA, then I'd say yes. Okay. All right. I'll you know? I won't push it. <laughs> um, so there's another. And he's a Michigan guy. Yeah, he is. He is, and and I think he would excite the fan base. Um, but you know, I, I understand why people are 
cold about him. You know, but people were also cold about Brandon Ingram. So I mean, I think you bring up a good point. The one thing with Kyle Kuzma, he's not young. I mean, he's 24 years old. You know what I mean? Like he's not like a he's two years younger than Andre Drummond. So uh, I think that that says something. Where I don't know. I mean, if you have a reason to be concerned, it's that he's. He's been in the league for three years now. He's already 24 years old. You usually know what guys are by that point in their career. Um, so, I mean, that that's one I would understand if you were concerned about that. And you didn't want to make the move. You'd rather just hold on to Derrick Rose. It's tough. It's been a roller coaster here in Detroit. I guess that's what... In, is he just Jordan Clarkson? You know what I mean? Is that what he is? Like a guy like who big, ends up scoring... Like power forward Jordan Clarkson? Well, <laughs> no, just from like a... <laughs> A skill set standpoint, just he can score 14, 15 off the bench for you, and that's pretty much all that you're going to get out of this guy. Like, he's not the young guy with like loads of potential. I think that we've he's kind of scratched the ceiling. It's the same thing with Jordan Clarkson, he's he's good, but he's he's capped out with like what we saw. And Jordan Clarkson's only a couple of years older than him, and yeah. Yeah, I guess with Kuzma, the one thing that that gives you hope is that there are... Like, he was just on a stretch where he was putting up, you know, 27, 25, 30. Like, he went on, like, a tear there for, like, three or four games in a row. Um, And, I mean, he does have... He has shown that sort of real high-level scoring um, that is not a lot of guys possess in this league. So... I mean, it's kind of how you how much you value that, honestly, right? Like, I mean, it's a good question. Um, all right, let's move on from Kyle Kuzma. Um, so the other team that was mentioned was the Sixers. Um, and the Sixers, surprisingly, and I was kind of, you know, I, I guess a little taken aback when I was looking up Matisse Thibuli's stats. Because I've watched him play, and I've really liked him when I've seen him uh, you know, any Sixers game that I've seen, he's really jumped out to me as a solid defender. He looks like he would fit in with like, that sort of Detroit mentality. He's shown an ability to hit the three. I think he's hitting it from 38% from three this year. Um, and more than Zaire Smith, Matisse Thibule is, you know, what the the Sixers, who the Sixers seem to be higher on. Like, he's been playing, you know, pretty much almost every game this year for them. Um, he's only averaging, you know, this is where I was a little taken aback. He's only averaging 4.7 points, 1.6 rebounds, 1.3 assists. Um, but, uh, and he's also 22 years old. Um, but, I mean, he seems like one of the more high-level guys that you'd be getting from the Sixers in a trade. Uh, Joe, any thoughts on that, or is that just like an easy no for you? That's not an easy no. Um, I I heard that they didn't want to trade him. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they do want to trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from a Pistons perspective. That's probably a yes. Um, yeah, I guess that, because sorry. Let me let me reframe that real quick. Yeah, this would be the guy that I think if you're the Pistons trading away a Derrick Rose who contender level like the Sixers, you can be like Matisse or it's nothing. Like he's there. Sure. Like he's one of their better young prospects. Um, and I think that, that you'd, you have that leverage 
um, if you know it's either that or, or the highway, and that's what I would want Detroit to ask for from the Sixers. And I, I'm a yeah, big absolutely. fan of what I've seen from him. Yeah, same. And he's like a, an elite defensive guy. He's one of the better players defensively in the league. That's the reason why he was drafted so high, and that's been his reputation, um, you know, since his days at Washington. So that is why I don't think that they want to get rid of him because they want to put him on the other team's best offensive player in the playoffs. And uh, if we could trade for a guy like that and just have him be our defensive stopper at the perimeter then that's one thing that you've taken care of and he's still young and you know you're trading for an effort player which like I always feel better about than playing for more of like a diva-ish offensive player Um, especially I don't know just like with our track record with gritty defensive guys in Detroit I would feel much better with the mentality that he he would bring to the locker room. I mean, he's already shooting 38% from three. He's already a lockdown defender. I mean, he has some, like, plays, plays. When you see, like, you know, just shut down his man, seal the ball, go jam it in transition on the other end. Like, he's a really good athlete, 6'5", 200 pounds. I would, I would be, you know, pretty smitten if they were able to get him. But, you know, I think that that's, the, that's what you, you have that leverage with how well Derrick Rose has been playing. And, you know, especially with a team like the Lakers, like the Sixers, this Derrick Rose is one of those trade pieces that you are literally doing, or one of those trades that you make if you're those teams, to win yourself a championship. Like That's what they have to be thinking when they're talking about trading for Derrick Rose, and I think the Pistons definitely understand that. They have at least some sort of leverage, um, knowing that they essentially have to get it okayed with Derrick, I guess, but still... Um, you know, that there's a lot of leverage there knowing that, that you hold a potential game-changing piece on your roster. And also a little bit of leverage just because we aren't fully into sell mode with him. <coughs> like, there is this potential that he wants to stick around. There is potential that we want to keep him around next year just to, to develop a little bit more and he seems comfortable there and the coaching staff likes him so this isn't like fire sale mode let's see what we can get with him while we can although his um although his uh, value is is at a, a much higher higher than we originally expected <coughs> i think that Excuse there me. are just other things that we value with him outside of the points that could provide us with that leverage to get better assets than we otherwise would yeah and and i think that you know you mentioned it earlier i believe that that uh derrick rose he went to the the front office and he said that he wanted a larger role on this team they put him in as a starter there's a good chance that derrick rose is happy in this situation he's happy to be leading a team he's happy to be you know earning and you know, definitely earning that starting spot, and um, you know he's not coming off the bench anymore. And I think that there's a good chance that he's just like, hey, you know, I, I want to ride this out in Detroit and see what I can do, and see if I can, you know, maybe not lead this team to the playoffs this year and make it interesting. But you know, next year once we get Blake back, that type of situation, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can cause some damage. Um, so I mean, I, I. I you know he's played amazing you know there's nothing you can really say about that but it's you do have to put in perspective that you would be selling on Derrick Rose at his 
probably highest value. So, um, you know, it's I just do. another element to this being very complicated stuff for Detroit right now. But, yeah. But this one's fun just because it was unexpected to this extent of how well he's been playing. And he's like a top five or, you know, five to eight storyline in the year, in the league this year, um, which is awesome. And, you know, I do wonder if there's anything in the back of his mind that is considered like sticking around Detroit past this contract. Like he is 31. He has bounced around the league a little bit and, uh, you know, was arguably out of the league at one point. Um, he's found himself a home. It is in the Midwest. He does have family in Detroit. It's not that far away from Chicago. It has the mentality that he likes. We do have some decent young pieces. Is there? We need a point guard. Tra- <laughs> need a point guard. Yeah. Is there anything in his back of his mind? Well, hey, I could be like a thirty-four-year-old backup point guard uh, on a team that can potentially contend. You know, in the East, possibly. Um, you know who knows he you know i guess i guess I, yeah i, I, I really think that, that place. i agree man i think that could definitely be something that would be in his head right now um but we did mention it let's move on from d rose um you know so the the playoffs we mentioned it a little bit earlier this episode um you know where the pistons stand i also mentioned it when uh Shamik was on the last episode um but Joe, what are your thoughts on the playoff push? They're, as I said earlier, they're three games back of the eighth-seeded Nets. I think they're four games back of the seventh-seeded Magic. I'd have to look into that. But what are your thoughts? My thoughts are this. I think it's about what do you prioritize right now. There's a camp that prioritizes a higher draft pick. There's a small camp that prioritizes the playoffs. And then there's another camp that prioritizes like developing our young players. Like tanking isn't just tanking. Tanking is developing and rebuilding in a variety of different ways. It's not just losing games to get a higher draft pick. Um, My priority is to develop the young players as much as possible and if these young players play well, and that means that we win games, then I'm down. I don't care if we get the eighth seed or the ninth seed or we get the 13th pick as opposed to the ninth pick. That's not really my focus right now because, you know, that could be hit or miss either way. And I'm based on what I've heard, this isn't that deep of a draft class anyway. Um, so my focus is, is hey, let's let's give Saku a shot. Let's give Svi a shot. Let's run Seawood out there. Um, let, let's get, get these guys some play. And if they play well and we make the playoffs, then um, then so be it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, what I, you know, it will be interesting once Reggie Jackson comes back and once like Blake is sort of on the fringe of coming back, what happens at that point in time. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm just not like die hard, like go for the playoffs or die hard, like tank. I am just excited to see our young guys getting time and showing flashes of what they could potentially be in the future. And this is valuable developmental time for them. Yeah. I mean, I it just mirror exactly what you said. You know, it's it's 
you you don't want to just tank for the sake of tanking. You know, I don't think that would be good for how the city views the Pistons. Uh, you know, I don't think that they could really handle that from like a PR perspective. Honestly, if you're just going Sixers route, that that's pretty much dead too. By the way, and they NBA has done their part in um, flattening out the um, lottery odds. So. You know, we saw the Pelicans, who weren't that bad of a team last year, jump and get the number one pick. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that they need to, like, do a fire sale. But at the same time, this the reason that this has been one of the better stretches of Detroit Pistons basketball over the past decade is because you're actually seeing some hope and you're seeing some, you know, we've talked about this team hiring Dwayne Casey, hiring Sean Sweeney, making emphasis on player development, and you're already seeing good things happen with that, with, with you know, Luke Kennard earlier this year, and um, with what we've seen from Svee, what we've seen from, you know, the fly, you said it, the flyer on Christian Wood, Saku, like all of these great things have been happening, um, or good things, you know, where it, it just gives you hope, and, 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 you, and I think that you just ride that out, and if Derek Rose gets you some jams to Christian Wood, and takes over a few games and you wind up with the eight seed and you get stomped by the Bucks again, fine. Just let it happen and, and take your licks, Saku. Like, hopefully that will... I do think there is value, even if you do get crushed in the playoffs, to make it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree, Joe. I think it'll be tough. I think it's a lot tougher than what it looks like, just being back three games, um, because they are still um, have quite a few more losses than the Nets do, too. But at the same time, you know, I... I, I if they go for it and they make it, I mean, that would be a really exciting stretch of basketball for them to go on that type of run towards the end of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's what, that's all I got right now. Yeah, that's all I got too. And it, I guess, like, right now I'm just watching games hoping that they win. Like, I want guys to play well. I want them to win games. And it has been fun to watch D-Rose with, like, these younger players. And there's some fun chemistry there and it's like not the same old well what two guys are going to score on offense like who are like the same two guys we run plays for like isolation basketball like the the ball's moving and like guys are running we're running like you know Saku's running fast breaks he's running the floor like all of that stuff is really fun to watch and it looks like even if they're losing games at least the you know the most recent stretch that they're having a lot of fun out there and rooting each other on and, uh, you know, this, this guys like, uh, I'm sorry, Svi is second round pick, um, Christian Wood, like Frit, like he just got a guaranteed contract this year and now he knows he's about to make some money. Like it's, it's fun for like these younger players to like get to that point in time. Bruce and, Brown uh, too, man. Shout out Bruce yeah. Brown. I haven't even talked about him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's another young guy. I agree, so. man. It's weird. They're losing games, but it's still fun and, and that's cool. And, and, you know, we'll be. Here to break it all down with you again next week. We're, we're back. It's 2020. We're locked in. Pistons are locked in. You can find us on DetroitBadBoys.com. You can find us on Lineups.com slash podcast. I will be writing some more articles for the Bad Boys here soon. So keep an eye out for those. And we'll catch Any you next week. In mind? No, I'm just going to probably just write some post-game recaps or some previews or something like that. If I, 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 I do have something... That, that I wanted to, to discuss, but that's, uh, you know, I'm still kind of working that around in my head. Nice. 
Cool. All right. Yeah. Peace. All right, peace.